Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And we're going to take a little walk on the paranormal side tonight. Suzanne Wilson is a medium, intuition expert, and spiritual teacher. Suzanne says that she was born gifted but hid in a psychic closet while working as a corporate executive until a near-death experience changed her mind about what matters most in life and the afterlife. And, of course, she's been on the program before. Suzanne, welcome to the show. Thank you, George. Thanks for having me back. Looking forward to this. I look forward to meeting you again in September at the Soul Summit in Scottsdale. I'm looking forward to that. We'll talk about that later on, but that should be a great event. It's always a lot of fun, especially with you there. Well, you know, I love meeting our coast-to-coast listeners at these events. They just, uh, I don't know, it's its its fun. It really is to see them up front and personal. And uh, I get great feedback for the show when I meet them. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that, too. So tell us about this near-death experience that changed your life. What happened? Well, in 2007, I was just living a normal life, I guess you could say. I was sort of a high flyer, working very hard, full-time in a corporate position for a very large company. I was also working on a doctoral degree in human resources development, but I was not very happy, George. I just kept buying stuff and more stuff, Uh and um, something was missing. There was a hole. And um, I found out what that was when I had anaphylaxis, a very severe allergic reaction, and left my body for a little bit. That would scare you, wouldn't it? Well, it not only scared me, but it woke me up. It woke me up in a way that it's pretty indescribable to you. But backing up a little bit, I was a really psychic kid. I could see colors and spirits around people, Mm -hmm. and I tried to hide all of that to fit in. But after this near-death experience, I couldn't hide it anymore. In fact, I had to learn how to shut it off to function in the world. And I didn't want to be that that corporate person anymore. So once that happened, what'd you do? Walk out and said, that's it? I, I quit? I wish. I wish. You know, when you make more money, you just spend more money. So I had to figure out how to divest um, from life of um, all, all of the things that you have, and I've downsized. Sure. I actually like a lot better, but I just, I, I knew that I had a different calling. That, that's all it was. And I have to say right up front, I know that a lot of Coast to Coast listeners, they, they hear, oh, there's going to be another psychic medium on. Oh, boy, they're going to tell us how great they are at talking to the dead. And I have to tell you, no, that's not what, that's not what it's about. I'm, I'm going to tell people how great they are at talking to their spirit people and guides. And when you say talking to them, can we do it in a meditative state? Do we, do we go into a trance state? Do we have to go to sleep in a dream? How does that happen? It doesn't even have to be that fancy or that contrived or programmed or set up. Sometimes the inspiration just comes to us like a very clear spontaneous thought. I have friends and clients that tell me, I get inspiration all the time in the shower. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so wherever it happens, so be it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's all about discernment. It's, is the information loving? Is it rational? Does it make sense? Does it feel like it's for your higher purpose? Were you seeking answers? But there are organized ways to get the answers you need to make decisions with a heart space of calm and peace. How many people, says Anne, do you think have this ability that you have and that some other people have? If you're talking about the ability to make connections for others, 
I think there are way more people out there that have the ability, but they don't have the calling necessarily to go into a life of service. Like I have to say, I, I no longer am looking for people to come to me just for readings. In fact, I can't get you in for a very, very long time, but I'm looking for people to teach them how to make their own direct connection. I feel like everybody can learn how to direct connect to their own spirit people, their own spirit guides, their own pets on the other side, but not everybody can sit and do readings all the time. That's more of a calling to service than it is a choice. Right. Not everybody's an Edgar Casey type. Oh, gosh. And that's another thing, too. Edgar Casey shortened his life by working too hard. Yep, exactly. I have told know? many Edgar Casey experts who have corroborated that story that Edgar Casey, in his trance state, literally wore himself to death by doing so many trance readings. Listen, I've put myself in the hospital with very weird things that the doctors are just scratching their heads. So I've had to back off on readings, too. And the problem is service-oriented people, we have a hard time saying no. But um, it's been my great pleasure and honor in the last three years or so to get more into teaching and researching and serving on um, a board of directors for an afterlife research institute. I just completed three years doing that. And now I'm stepping back so I can do some more writing. But I've been learning some really interesting stuff. Well, and what you did leaving the corporate world, leaving that comfort, was pretty gutsy. I had no choice. I just could not get into it. In fact, I knew if I stayed any longer than I did, which it took probably seven or eight months um, to move and you know get rid of a big house and a big mortgage and all that stuff, I knew if, if I took much longer, they would can me because I just wasn't the old me anymore. I, I think I was a little too soft and kind, and that's not what that job wanted. No, not at all. That's an interesting take. Let's talk about some different aspects of some of the things you've been looking at, Suzanne. Uh, first of all, extraterrestrials. What's your take on all that? They're here. They're all around us. Some of them are even our spirit guides. Some we may um, call angels. You know, these are all just labels. Um, a friend of ours, uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, was fond oh, of saying... We live in an interdimensional world, and she's right. And I believe that most of these ultra-terrestrials, I am more into calling them, I think they're here to help us, not to harm us. And, you know, please, folks, don't email me and call me and tell me you were abducted, because I know that that happens, too. But that would be like blaming um, everyone in America if an American robbed you. Um, there's changes going on. They seem to be preparing us for something shifting on our planet. When you say they are preparing us, you're talking about the ETs? Because I don't think government is. No, the government, the government just wants to disseminate information that helps them. And they're very short-term oriented, as you know. Um, they're not looking at the big picture. The big picture is we're going to find out beyond any doubt that not only are we not alone in the universe, but there are many others far more advanced than us, and we're going to learn who we really are as souls on the earth. You're going to find out more about yourself by how you deal with the changes that are coming. 
How in the world did a medium psychic intuitive get involved in ET work? They started coming to me. Years ago, a colleague, a medium and teacher, said to me, you know the ETs like to come to you. And I said, I know. I don't look at them. I don't entertain them. I kind of want them to just go away. And he's like, good luck with that. And a few years later, one of my guides came to me and said, you know I've never incarnated on the earth before, so that would make me one of those things you don't want to be around, right? <laughs> Interesting take. And, and was it through that spirit guide that you began to realize that uh, you know these ETs are the real deal? It was. And I feel like I, I was so scared at first, it was like a prejudice that I had. Um, I was coloring every interdimensional being with that picture of these, you know, weird little green men and, and abductions and things like that. But there's this whole other side. I mean, if we think about words just being labels, one person's angel is another person's extraterrestrial. Hmm. And do they have souls? Yes. They do. They do. And our animals have souls. The soul is the consciousness. It's the animator. It is the life force within. The body is just the shell. It seems to be the same for them. And some of them have physical bodies, and some of them are completely light bodies. But most of my guides and most people's guides aren't interdimensional in terms of their origination. Most of our guides, they got to be our guides because they lived so many earthly lives. They amassed all that experience so they know how to guide you. I've got a friend of mine. She's 83 years old. Uh, God love her. She's been a close friend of our family for years. She was walking across the street and got hit by a truck. Uh, She's okay. She's okay, but she was battered. For 83, she's rebounded pretty darn fast. But in the process of all this, Suzanne, she picked up a stray black cat uh, and took it home because, you know, it was starving to death and everything else, and she's taking care of it now. And this cat, uh, I saw it today, has yellow eyes and looked at me like I've looked like like no little animal has ever looked at me before. You know, I'm a dog guy primarily. I like cats, but I'm a dog guy. I mean, that's what I've had. I've had one cat in my life for my kids, and this little cat was like a human being just looking at me. There's something there. Yes, George, that cat is there to help your friend to heal, and that is a mission that that cat came in to do i mean doesn't that resonate with you don't you get like a hmm yep. like a, a tug in your heartstrings because the, the timing was coming. weird you know yeah, what she like gets healthy. hit she finds a cat uh, yes but the cat has to seem helpless otherwise she wouldn't have taken the cat in they right. help each other it's beautiful exactly exactly mm. it's Interesting take there. Now, you you have something that is very sensitive, and I want to talk with you about it. Uh, Something that uh, a lot of talk shows won't touch on, we do, because we've had calls from people who have been on the brink of suicide, and hopefully I think we have helped them. Um, what What does the other side say about those victims, or what do those victims who have committed suicide say about what they did? I'm glad that you're bringing it up. I know it is a hot-button issue, and people are fearful of it, and you have helped many to understand their value and to stay here on the earth. Those who come through from the other side 
to credible mediums over the last, I'm going to say, 150 years have told us that not only are they fine, but they're doing well. But they always tell us, and I say always, there's always an, always an exception to always, right? But they tell us that they wish they had stayed, but that they are not in a bad place, that there's no one on the other side of life that condemns them in any way. It's quite the opposite. They're trying to help them to let go of any regrets they have for leaving. And so they're not in constant pain. They're not having anxiety. In fact, they'll tell us many times they'll go to a healing place when they first get there, halls of healing. And um, they're surrounded in love, and they get to recoup. But that doesn't fix it. They still have to look back on their lives. They want to look back on their lives, George. They want to figure out, why did I go through all that suffering only to punch my own ticket and to have death by suicide? Um, it's, it's not this horrible um, purgatory or hell or all these things that we've been told. It's more like, darn it, you know, I can see the pain of the people I left behind. I'm going to send them all my love and light and help them heal. So there is a healing process that goes on. So they're they're not doomed to hell and damnation that some people think that they will be. But then they start thinking, they think a lot, and they go to some kind of therapy. The souls have been telling mediums, including me, that they have discussion circles where they sit and talk. And this could be a mixed circle, people passed in many different ways. And the folks who had death by suicide will say, you know, um, there was this moment where if I could go back, I wouldn't do it. I, I wouldn't so they do have some regret. They do, but it's not, it's not that you were putting the earthly spin on it when we talk about regret, pain, sorrow. For them, it's bittersweet. It's just like those who died whatever way that miss us. They're not pining away from us, for us. They have wonderful lives. It's, it's an honor and a pleasure to miss us here, but it's a little less of a pleasure when you wish you had stayed here longer. So don't think the loved ones are suffering. They're not, but they're working some things through. I mean, are they so regretful that uh, they can't advance on the other side, or how do they handle that? As far as advancement on the other side goes... That seems to be, from all the research, that seems to be colored by the love and compassion that we're able to give and receive. So as long as they feel worthy and as long as they can give and receive that compassion where they are now, there's no limit in that unlimited heavenly country. So when I go to the other side, I want to be a spirit guide. How do I become one? I think you've already been a spirit guide, George. You've done so much to advance afterlife studies here on this planet. Hmm. Yeah. I, maybe. You don't, know, <laughs> you don't know about that one. Maybe. Huh? I mean, you believe in reincarnation, I assume. I do. And um, recently I've seen an increase of pets reincarnating and coming back because... Do um, they come they back can. as pets or people? They come back as pets. But we have some data that shows us that they may come back as a horse when they were a dog last night. Okay, but they can't come back as a human. 
so far, I haven't seen any evidence of that. All right. I know that the Buddhists believe that, but I myself haven't uncovered any research on that. Interesting. We have a couple more suicide questions, and then we'll move on to some other things, because you have helped a lot of people yourself. And what about the person who, you know, tries to commit suicide, has a regret, doesn't want to, but it, they've gone too far and they end up dying? What happens to them? I have heard that before. I tried to get back into my body, they'll say, or I asked for a do-over, or I didn't realize this was permanent because I was high or I was wasted or drunk or whatever it was. And no sooner do they have that thought than they're in the arms of grandma on the other side or a religious figure or someone that they admire or all the pets that they've ever loved that have transitioned. And that thought of, let me go back, seems to go away. There, also, after that resting period, and some of the, the souls call it spirit rehab, where they go and rest, it's kind of like a spa or a hospital that's really nice. After that period, sometimes they don't deal with that at all. They'll have a really quick life review, kind of skip that ending part and say, look, I need to just enjoy this place for a while, like take a vacation, and then I'm going to come back, I'm going to analyze this, I'm going to sit with my guides and talk. They really work these things through, but it doesn't seem to matter whether it was pre-planned or spontaneous or, or however they got there. There is going to be someone to help. No one arrives alone or scared, and that people can take comfort from. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.